0: Welcome
1: to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Meman. Hello and welcome to Sports Weekly. I'm your host, Ayaz Meman. This week, we're going to have a lot of stories around cricket because the Indian Premier League is upon us and we know what that means, not just for the sport, but in our lives in India. So, we look at what's transpired, the action so far, who are the top performers, uh, which teams are leaders, which teams are laggards. But before I get into all of that, let me invite my co-host, Mr. Fantastic, who will tell us how things are progressing with the fantasy players. And obviously, he's got some ideas of where the league is headed.
0: Thank you, Ayaz. Hi, everybody. The first weekend is done. We have four games in. And yes, it's very early. But we have a few leaders now. We have a few players we want to keep an eye out on. Sanju Samson in his opening game for the Rajasthan Royals as skipper really, really hit the ball out of the park, right? And he almost saw them over the line. Some of the other notable performers have been Harshal Patel with a 5-4. Not sure he can repeat that again, to be honest. Shikhar Dhawan, a second lease of life. KL Rahul showing why he deserves to be in the India team in all formats. Nitish Rana, continuing from last season's performance. Deepak Huda, Huda man. I mean, that was some hitting there. Prithvi Shaw, so are you guys making sure you have the right combo in your team? Notice there were almost no bowlers in this lineup except for Harshal Patel because we've seen very high-scoring opening games, 180, 190 being normal. In fact, the fourth game hit 220. Uh, It's India, flat pitches, small grounds. You have to expect high scores. So be careful of which bowlers you pick. Go for the slower ones. They're more likely to induce mishits, pick up a few wickets and get you a few points. Thanks, Ayaz, by the way. What do you think has uh, worked so far and what hasn't worked so far? You know, Indian players, for instance, seem to be faring much better than their overseas counterparts. So is it the familiarity of conditions? Or is it the fact that the recently concluded Syed Mushtaq Ali trophy has given them enough time to stay in form before the IPL?
1: Well, actually, it's both of those. And one other factor, Mr. Fantastic, which is that the Indian talent is really good in in today's game of cricket. There's just so much talent. The the talent pool is phenomenally big in India. And these guys are not just bristling with uh, the desire and ambition to get into the team. There's also so much competition which is driving all these kind of players to higher levels of excellence. Uh, So, because there's a clamour for places in the Indian team. But what's also happening, and I think that we need to highlight this, is that it's taking its toll on some players. So, let me give you a few examples. Yuzvendra Chahal, Kuldeep Yadav. Yuzvendra Chahal going for plenty in the first match against Mumbai for RCB. The the match was won by RCB. But Chahal was an underperformer there. And Kuldeep Yadav... Not even making the cut for KKR in the first match. In fact, they preferred a 40-year-old Harbhajan Singh over to Kuldeep. And Harbhajan bowled only one over. But that's besides the point. Kuldeep not in the running. What I think the point you mentioned about somebody like Shikhar Dhawan. Now, he knows that with Virat Kohli playing as an opener, a slot for the opening position is not going to be easy because Rohit Sharma is there. I'm talking about getting into the Indian team for the T20 World Cup. So. He has to do something special, something extraordinary to make an impact and at least be in the squad and from there into the playing level. He is managing that. He did extremely well last season. He started off well. So, the point I'm trying to make is for the Indian team and certainly for a lot of other teams, this IPL is actually, uh, in a way, a, a forerunner to the T20 World Cup, which is going to be played in India later in the year. And there's a lot of jostling happening for places, certainly amongst the Indian players.
0: You know, looking at how a lot of young Indian wicket keepers like Samsung and Ishan Kishan are doing, we might as well have an eleven of wicket keepers by this time. This World Cup comes around.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned wicket keepers, but when you look at all departments, there is this tremendous competition. You know, I mentioned about Dhawan, but Prithvi Shaw, fantastic opening match he's had. Uh, you know, he was written off as a almost as a lost cause after his failures in Australia, but he's come storming back, and he's got a good mentor. In uh, in rookie punting, so there's Rohit, there's Virat Kohli, there's Shikhar Dhawan, there's Prithvi Shaw, and a few other openers. Then there's the whole middle order lineup: KL Rahul, Mayank. Mayank, of course, is, is challenging for the opening position. Vishal uh, Iyer, Surya Kumar, Yadav. For each position, there are three or four claimants. You know, if you get into the spinners, mm-hmm. there are seven or eight spinners vying for places. And fast bowlers, you could have eleven of fast bowlers alone. You know, from the Indian
0: talent pool. Absolutely. And yes, we might just be one game in, but what do you think is the challenge that a lot of the overseas players seem to be facing? I mean, Warner, Russell, The Fizz, Stokes, Faf Duplessis, Kyron Pollard, they've all kind of failed on their opening games. And I can understand for a lot of the others, but well, Stokes has been here for a while, so he should know the conditions and the opposition especially. Do you think it's a question of these guys haven't been sorted by the opposition? and? The fact that a lot of these players move around between teams, is there any element of surprise left? Well,
1: that's a good question to kind of think about because what happens is, you know, there are twin advantages. One is when you have a massive tournament like the IPL, a lot of the younger players learn and acquire skills, ideas of how to go about improving their performances or improving or honing their talent because they're moving around with guys who've been masters or maestros in their field. Just to give you an example, Mohamed Siraj spending a lot of time with Dale Stain last season and Dale Stain coming out in the open and saying, Siraj is, you know, one, one boy for the future, one young man for the future. That's because not just what they do on the field together, they may or may not play together. Dale Stain didn't play much last season. But it's what... They talk at the breakfast table in the morning or at supper in the night. The way Siraj would pick Dale Stain's brains. Because Stain may be in you know, a lion in winter, but he's been one of the greatest bowlers of all time. So there's a lot that Siraj can take away. And likewise, there are several other examples. What also happens is that a lot of these youngsters in that process get over their fear of playing against such big players because they are all part of the same jambori. And there's a lot of transmission of information one way and the other. And much as they learn, the actually heal of some of these established pros. So, that's always a problem for guys who come in with big names. The third part, of course, is when you have such a big name, like a Ben Stokes or a Fab Duplessis or even Indian players, you know, if you're a Virat Kohli or a Ben Singh Dhoni or a Rohit Sharma, this is a huge burden of expectation. And that expectation can sometimes bog you down. In the case of Ben Stokes, it's not just the IPL, the way he started. But I think the whole tour uh, that he was here playing for England against India, he was far short of being the world's, you know, currently the best player or the best all-rounder. He he had some sporadic, fantastic performances. But by and large, he was disappointing. Sometimes, people like Fab Duplessis and all, they may take a little while to get into their groove, you know, kind of warm up, This is only a first match. So, a lot of combinations, a lot of things happening. We'll have to just wait and see. And the good thing, of course, is, of course, that the best players, the great players, know how to pull themselves out of a rut. Let's see what Stokes and the others do as the tournament goes ahead.
0: That's a fair point because A.B. De Villiers has hit the ground running in his opening game. So, I think there's a lot that the others will have to chase him down for. So moving from the big names to the upcoming names, who are the big ones that excited you over the first weekend? You know, we saw Pfeiffer from Harshal Patel. Ashdeep Singh did very well to close out his uh, team's opening win over the Rajasthan Royals. And Chetan Sakaria from the Royals did very well with a three-wicket haul in his debut match. I mean, Chetan's story overall is a very heartwarming one. But who who amongst the new crop are you looking forward to most for the rest of the IPL? Well,
1: you know Harshal is certainly not the new crop. Uh, he's thirty years old. He's, he's what I call the journeyman in T Twenty cricket. He's been around in the IPL for you know maybe seven, eight, nine seasons, playing for one franchise or the other. He knows the pressures of the league. He knows the demands of the league. So he's he's I think very clever. And very adjustable and adaptable, and that explains his success. And that's why he's also wanted because I think he's got a terrific temperament. Arshdeep is last season he made a, a very big impact. Uh, left arm fast bowler, clever, great, very good variations. And Chetan Sakaria. In fact, I think of the three that you mentioned or we are discussing, Chetan Sakaria to me has looked, you know, the best. It's a it's a heartrending story, as we know, of Chetan Sakaria. The fact that he's playing and he's made such an immediate impact shows also what it means for these youngsters. The IPL becomes such a wonderful platform for them to exhibit their skills and make that quantum jump ahead in the Indian cricket system. Because if you look back over the last 10, 12, 15 years, almost all your major talent has used the IPL as a springboard. Whether you look at a Jadeja or you look at a Ravi or Washington Sundar, Mama Siraj, including... You know, somebody like Rohit Sharma. I mean, yes, he did play under-19 cricket for India. Always considered extremely talented. But what he did with deck in chargers to start with and the impact he made. And so many of them. So, I think that the IPL is something that affords these young players the opportunity to come on the radar of the selectors immediately. Uh, it's a fast-track mechanism. And even for somebody like Prisvi sure, he's a, you know, in his early 20s, He's had a, a bit of a seesaw career. Sometimes up, sometimes down. Now, for him to come back into the national reckoning, even if it means getting back into the squad for the World Test Championship, he has to use the IPL to show, hey, you know, what's happened in Australia in the, is in the past. Here I am. I'm looking to get ahead. So, you know, young players. Well, I don't know if Sanju Samson qualifies as young-young. Yes, he's young in age, but he's been around for a few seasons. I thought he's... Played one of the finest innings that I've seen in the IPL. The century against Punjab was absolutely fantastic. Taking it almost, you know, snatching victory from Punjab. And a lone hand. There was nobody else who contributed much in that match. So, there have been some players who have performed well, some who haven't. Some haven't got started as yet. I mentioned about Kuldeep and uh, Yuzvendra Chell. There's a lot at stake for so many players. And I think it would be premature to pick or hand-pick now. We need to wait for at least the first two weeks of the tournament and a far stronger trend might emerge.
0: Got it. So that's some good insights there into who you guys could also pick for your fantasy teams, by the way. Pay attention closely. So I want to quickly chat about the four matches that have happened so far. And while the Punjab Kings did win their opening game against the Royals, their batting looked on song, but what about their bowling? Or was it just a question of the pitch and the ground Uh, Because both teams were able to score a ton of runs. Well,
1: two tons. But uh, do you think the bowling is a worry for the Kings? Well, you know, I think uh, to be fair to Jai Richardson and uh, Meredith, this was their first game in India. You know, they've had a great BBL, Big Bash League. That's why they've been paid big bucks to come and play here. But it'll take them maybe a couple of matches more to adjust. I think it's the question of the length more than anything else. It's not pace or skills. It's the length that... They need to hit right, and I think that with somebody like Anil Kumble there as coach, that message will have gone down immediately. And the experience being hit all over the park by Sanju Samson. I think the the big question over there was how fit is Mohammad Chami? and he looked quite fit. Uh, he's been out of action for the last three four months, much like Ravindra Jadeja. So he's come back. He's come back quite strongly. I was a little surprised, in fact, that they played only one spinner. One would have thought, especially with Kumble at the helm that they might uh, use even Ravi Bishnoi, who had made such a big impact the previous season. M. Ashwin didn't have much of a game. So, it was left to the pacemen. And the pitch was sapat, as they say in Mumbai. Completely flat. It was a feather bed. Why even Samson and company could chase it, virtually chase it down. The other thing which I thought, Punjab, if you look look back at last season, they had a mental block about Rajasthan Royals. They had lost both their matches to Rajasthan Royals last season. In fact, the first match they lost uh, was when, you know, the, Punjab were going so strong, cruising, in fact, in the tournament. And they came to a thudding halt when they played against Rajasthan. And then after that, for them, recovery became a little bit of a problem. I think Punjab's problem more than just the batting. Batting is not a problem. Neither is the bullying such a problem. I think it's about conviction and self-belief.
0: So, M. Ashwin would have heaved the largest sigh of relief after the win, wasn't it? Because he was the first one to drop Samson, uh, followed by a drop from KL Rahul and then there was a third drop at the boundary. What is it with a team that has Jaunty Rhodes as the fielding coach? I mean, why aren't they calling when they're running for high balls? And second, why are they dropping so much? It's just crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: is crazy. In fact, you know, both teams dropped what? I mean, totally, there were about seven catches dropped and maybe one or maybe two were, well, you know, demanding catches. The others looked fairly simple. So... What is John T Rhodes doing? I think John T Rhodes will be livid. I saw him taking down notes, copious notes. So, he obviously has a lot to uh, transfer on to his players. Now, you know, earlier, it used to always be mentioned or discussed that maybe the floodlights are affecting the players. But that's now a passe. I mean, there's so much practice under floodlights, the goggles that they wear. Is it because there were no spectators in the stand at all? Players today are so used to seeing the ball in the backdrop of all the spectators. And then you find no spectators at all. Is that a problem? I'm not so sure. Some research needs to be done. What certainly is a problem, and this is something that, you know, some of the players... In fact, I was speaking to India coach Ravi Shastri some time back. Now he's not involved in the IPL, so he's quite free. But one of the things he mentioned is that if you look at the incidence of drop catches and stuff that have gone up in the last five, six months, it's quite crazy. It's incredible. And it's not just about the Indian players. It's about all players. Across teams. Even the Australians were dropping catches in Australia when India were there. And one of the reasons they lost the second match was because of that. So, his feeling was, he felt that the biosecure bubble and the time you're spending there, there's something which is hitting the concentration adversely. It's seen perhaps even in the batting. Not so much in the bowling. But perhaps even in the bowling. But something. I think there's some merit. This is something that needs to be examined closely by sports psychologists.
0: Fair point. I think what Punjab Kings really need is a communication coach more than a fielding coach right now. Uh, moving on to the next game, and this is a mind-bender, you know. I, I can't understand why the Sunrisers Hyderabad would not pick Kane Williamson and instead pick Mohammed Nabi. I mean, Williamson for Nabi is an overseas player. For an overseas player, you've probably got arguably the world's best batsman. And your middle order is now failing and looks very brittle. And you go for Mohamed Nabi? I mean, what's going on there? I think the choice
1: was, you know, to pick a second spinner or not. And I think they went for that. The belief that along with Rashid, Mohamed Nabi was the best bet. Because he he can also tonk the ball around. But, you know, if he bowls four overs for 25-26, picks up a couple of wickets. Which actually he did. I think he gave 30 runs and picked up uh, a wicket or two. So, he did his job. But, you know, keeping Williamson out is always, always a vexing issue. And, uh, you know, Tom Moody, who is now Cricket Director with Sunrisers, so too, David Warner, they are, you know, big supporters of Williamson. But as it happens, if there's Johnny Bairstow in the team and Rashid Khan, then that leaves only one spot open, along with, you know, and David Warner, of course. That leaves only one spot open for an overseas player. And it's always going to be yes and no about Williamson or some other. Jason Holder or... Mohammad Nabi, to increase the bowling options. But I will. I personally think that Williamson will end up playing far more matches uh, than we imagine in this tournament because he's just such a great player.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's criminal to have someone as good as him and then not give him a fair chance to succeed. Uh, moving on to the Kolkata Knight Riders, who did have a fairly convincing win, probably the only second match in the opening set to be not a close game. Nitesh Ran and Rahul Tripathi are in starring roles now. And is this another year you think where Indian players will do better than the overseas ones?
1: I mean KKR would hope that because last year, last season, their big problem was their top order. You know, it was the scoreline would frequently be fifty for three in the first power play or little after that, sixty for five or something like that. Of course the tournament was played in the UAE, so pitches did make a difference. But if you've got strong finishers like Yon Morgan, Andre Russell, Dinesh Karthik. You want at least the top four to set up the foundation where these guys can give you that massive boost towards the end. You know, and take the score to 170, 175 plus. But if you are 60 for 4 or 60 for 5, then the whole effort is in trying to resurrect the innings. And you end up with scores of 140, 145, 150 at best. Which is exactly what happened last season. and They were struggling. So, Nitish Rana and Rahul Tripathi both clicking this time was a big boon. Because it's just, if these guys click and they're Shubman and this is all the Indian quotient that you can think about, then it just makes KKR a much stronger team. Because the finishers are absolutely fantastic. And they have a very good bowling attack. So, I think that KKR will be hoping that Nitish Rana and Rahul Tripathi can sustain uh, this kind of form. Because, as we know, in the IPL, it's six weeks of frenetic action pressure undiminished. Every day you walk out, it's a new challenge and it needs a lot of stamina. It needs a lot of concentration. It needs a lot of desire and, well, you know, consistency. And if that consistency is not there, then teams end up in the dump yard. So, KKR will be hoping that their top four will give enough runs for the next three in the batting lineup to give them those, you know, skyscraper totals which the bowlers can exploit. Speaking
0: of ageing teams, not that KKR is a very ageing one this year, but CSK is, you know, and they lost very heavily. Do you really think they have what it takes mentally from a team setup point of view? I mean, the batting did okay, uh, but they just don't look like they have the energy or the will to win. I mean, Dhoni looks like he would rather be anywhere else.
1: Yeah, I think Dhoni is the, you know, Dhoni is the talismanic player there. So, I mean, obviously Dhoni... Circa 2021 is not what he was in 2011 or even 2016, 17, 18. You know, as you get past a certain age, the reflexes slowdown and the efficacy of your skills also comes down quite dramatically. In fact, with each passing year, maybe after 35, the slowdown can be very dramatic. Now, Dhoni's value, of course, is as he is a very seasoned campaigner, as a load star, as somebody who enjoys the respect, as somebody who, who is tactically and strategically perhaps... Best in the business, that's really the the reputation he has. But if he himself is not the match winning, match clinching player that he used to be, then he has to have at least five or six such players around him. Now, who are those five or six players historically for CSK? It's been Suresh Raina, Dwayne Bravo, to an extent, Faf Duplessis, all of them now in their mid 30s. So it's a bit of a challenge for you know CSK because at some stage you need the youngsters to be leading the march you know taking the taking the match and running away with it not depending only on the on the senior pros to do it so they've got a challenge ahead of them certainly
0: nice and coming on to the last point to discuss today is mumbai indians lost yet another of their opening games uh do you think they just looked a little flat and, I mean, despite the last ball finish, was there ever a time when it looked like RCB could lose?
1: Well, they did. I mean, when, uh, you know, I think Mumbai Indians fought back very well, having posted a below par score. 159 wasn't really a very high score uh, on that pitch. And they looked at one stage possible. Uh, probably, they would get 175-180, which could have been very, very challenging for RCB. So, there, uh, Mumbai's famed finishers... Didn't click. Hardik Pandya, Kyron Pollard, Krunal Pandya. So, that affected their score. And then, I thought the bowlers did extremely well. They fought back very well to almost push RCB out of contention. But for A.B. De Villiers, good contributions from Virat opening the innings. Also, from Glenn Maxwell finally looking like maybe uh, this could be his season and he could play those match-winning knocks. But ultimately, it was A.B. De Villiers, the ageless genius, who took RCB home. But, what it showed was Mumbai's fighting spirit and, you know, the defending champions have got this ability. And also, uh, Mr. Fantastic, last nine seasons, they have never won their first match. And five seasons, they've gone on to win the title. So, uh, you know, as Rohit Sharma quipped at the end of the match, it's how you finish the tournament, not just how you start the tournament, is what is more important. So, I would write off Mumbai. Certainly not.
0: Yes, they're they're being very traditional, retaining traditions. I can see that. It's it's good. So, let's hope they're able to retain that right to the end. I think, all in all, a great start to the season. Some good games, some great performances and much to look forward to. So, thank you so much for having me on the show again, Mr. Ayaz.
1: Thanks, thanks, Mr. Fantastic. As always, uh, it's a pleasure and a delight to have you here. And hopefully, your tips are working in favour of some of our or most of our listeners. Uh, That's all from me. For this edition, we'll catch up again next week with more.